Good morning, afternoon, evening, or late night, friends. I'm Erin. I'm Tom. And this is Baby's First Watch List, the utmost authority on all things autumn. I have drunk the pumpkin cream cold brews. I have purchased a couple of fall tops, and we are here with the ultimate back-to-school movie. Well, besides Rodney Dangerfield's back-to-school. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are discussing the 1995 classic Sandler, Billy Madison. There is no Sandler without Billy Madison. I think that classic Sandler is its own genre. 100%. Right? And this is it. So, Tom, this was my first time watching Billy Madison. You have seen it. Not my first. <laughs> many times, <laughs> I'm sure. When was the first time you watched it? Um, I watched it after I watched, like, Big Daddy and um, Happy Gilmore and probably Fifty First Dates and The Wedding Singer also. It wasn't, my oh. fir- it wasn't, like, my first Sandler at all. It's the earliest one, I think, of like his big ones. What was your first Sandler? Big Daddy. Big Daddy? Mm-hmm. That's a good first one. It was a favorite. It was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. That's cool. Yeah. Mine was The Wedding Singer. Yeah. Which is it's my favorite. It's a good one. Um, One of my favorites. My favorite classic Sandler. Yeah. Although I do love Big Daddy. Okay. So in our decade plus together, I think that you have taught me so much, <laughs> but... I am not exaggerating when I say that I think one of the biggest influences you have had on me that appears over and over again in our lives is that now I like Adam Sandler movies. (laughs) (laughs) It started with Big Daddy. Because before then, um, I was a casual, I only like his movies with Drew Barrymore kind of person. Um, But, you know... It continues with Billy Madison. I'm a full-blown Stanler. I'm a Fanler. I'm a Stanler. I don't know what you call it. I love him. Little Nicky next? What do you think? I don't know about Little Nicky. I heard that was really bad from <laughs> you. Good. It's from not you. good. Um, I don't know. What other Adam Sandler movies should I watch? Happy Gilmore is a definite. And The Water Boy? Uh, Just for Kevin <laughs> Bates? The, yeah, The Water Boy is a little... Uh, I don't know about The Water Boy, but okay. it's funny. Happy Gilmore is a must. Happy Gilmore is a must. We're going to have to watch Punch Drunk Love, which is not like a, like a Sandler oh, comedy. Oh, Thomas Anderson. It's not a Sandler comedy. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's that many other ones that you haven't seen that are worth it. Hubie Halloween, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I put Hubie Halloween done like later on. It's like, maybe I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Yeah, no, I don't um, know. I don't think that one ages Jack well. Jack and Jill, maybe? Well, I've seen Jack and Jill, I think, three times. Ew. What's the, it's awful. That's it's very horrible. that's very college, Tom. Uh, it is horrible. There's I do not one recommend it. that came out around the same time as Jack and that's Jill. That's my boy. That's my boy. Which is Andy Samberg. Yes. And which, Vanilla Ice is in it. I love both. I love all three too. of them. I've seen that one too. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the oh, don't mess with the Zohan. Uh, I didn't see that one. There was like that middle era that I missed of Sandler, which is but, probably the. What you say that, but you literally saw Jack and Jill. And that's my boy. so maybe not. Yeah. I think we're kind of missing out on Sandler now. Of course, we saw and loved Uncut Gems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we haven't been watching his Netflix stuff. Yeah, we didn't see Hustle, which everyone- We didn't see Hustle, which people like. Everybody I know that saw it said it was exactly what you think it is, and it's really good. We haven't seen, like, the murder mystery one with Jennifer Aniston. That wasn't Hubie Halloween? Is that Hubie Halloween? I don't don't know. (laughs) We haven't seen (laughs) Hubie Halloween. Oh, what about The Longest Yard? Oh, I did see that. It's okay. I did see that. I oh, no, there was it. a different murder mystery that's called told- Murder Mystery. I told you. I haven't seen any of the Hotel Transylvanias. Um, no, me Sorry, either. Jackie Sorry, Larson. and my sister, too. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, we have seen Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2. I do love Grown Ups, and I even like Grown Ups 2. I know it got awful reviews. Yeah, I, don't I care. mean, the Sandler, I think that really turned me off Sandler was Funny People. Oh, that was, oh my God, that was when Judd, Ap- Judd Apatow was like, he was like, you know how I make movies that are funny but way too long? This one is way too long and funny's in the title, but it doesn't reflect funny. the movie. Yeah. I saw it in theaters, yeah. and I was like, what? I was just happy that Rizzo was in it, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to go see that. Because it's Judd Apatow and Sandler and Rizza and maybe Jonah Hill. Maybe it's good now. Like, if we went back and watched it, maybe it was just a little before its time. But... I think I'll leave that in the maybe category yeah, and never find out. I feel you on that. Um, so Billy Madison Oh, was, Mr. Deeds, come oh, on. Yeah, my sister liked that one, did, too. Did you see Mr. Deeds? I don't think so, but it has Winona Ryder in it. You'd probably like Mr. Deeds. I probably would. It's a uh, remake. Yeah. Yeah, from yeah. like a 1941 yeah. movie it's or got something. A, it's got a deranged John Turturro role. It's good. All right, I'm in for that. So Billy Madison was actually Adam Sandler's first starring role. Yes. Before then, he was largely known for being a cast member on Saturday Night Live, where um, he was on from 1990 until 1995. After Billy Madison, of course, Sandler starred in many comedies that Little League baseball players have known and loved for years, including, like we mentioned, I picked kind of the big ones, Wedding Singer, Big Daddy, 50 First Dates, Grown Ups, and I put Hubie Halloween. (laughs) Oh! Connie Maybe. doesn't like Hubie Halloween. I would include Happy Gilmore in that. Happy Gilmore. I'm down for that. Because I think Happy Gilmore might have been the second one. Yes. But I'm not sure. It was. Um, so I said, just to name a few. Oh, our baby's he's not, so sad. He's not crying. He's in his sleep. Yeah. He just likes doing that He's going to wake up shortly, and we're going to have to cut this. But I'll pick him up. <laughs> we're good um, for now. So this isn't super surprising, but Adam Sandler actually has the second most Razzie nominations of all time. If you don't know what the it's Raspberries got, it, or Razzies are, they're the Golden Raspberries. Yeah. They're for the worst performances of the Can year. Can I guess who number one is? Yes. Is it Bruce Willis? It's not. Okay, because he just got a whole bunch, and then they like rescinded. They them rescinded it because they found out that he's like not doing well. Yeah, he is. Uh, what is it? Like, is it aphasia? Yeah. Yeah. We love you, Bruce Willis. Um, no, it is not Bruce Willis. First, I'm going to have you guess how many Razzie nominations do you think Sandler has? 38. 37. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so close. And it's not He probably pers- should have gotten another one at some he point. He probably will at some point. Yeah. And he's second only to, and then April's barking, only to one other actor. And I want you to think about I'm going to pick the baby up. Okay. And tell me, like, go through your thought process. I'll tell you this. Bruce Willis is not that far off. Um, I think I might have an idea. I just not, I'm not sure if this person has been in as many movies as say Bruce Willis. Uh, you know, you, you could go through the, I'm thinking action star. Uh, and I'm thinking it's my, I have two guesses. My one would be Sylvester Stallone. It's Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know he's been in a ton of movies, but I figured that Willis would have been in more and more bad ones. Yeah. I don't know. I think that like they give. They give old Sly a nomination every yeah. time he's in something. Yeah. Or maybe he gets it for like a bunch of stuff where it's like actor, producer, like all oh, that, that kind of Oh, that is true because he's involved more than, right. He's very involved. Yes, yes. Um, What would be your other guess? Uh, Schwarzenegger would have been the other one. Oh, yeah, but he hasn't acted in a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, that was prolific in the 80s and 90s. That so. is true. This movie, also starring Bradley Whitford, Norm MacDonald, and Darren McGavin, who you may know as the father from A Christmas Story, 
was directed by Tamara Davis. So a fun fact here, Tamara Davis, she's mostly known for music videos. She also is known for Crossroads, which was uh, a movie I watched starring Britney Spears, which was like her I'm an adult now kind of thing. And then it had the I'm not a girl. Yeah. Not yet a woman. So it has nothing to do with Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony? No. But okay. that music video. Maybe the sequel. Britney Spears is wearing the lowest rise jeans I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. That's like the poster that every kid had like when they were around that time. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So. Um, I didn't have it. Another fun fact is that Tamara Davis is currently separated from her husband. That's not the fun part. <laughs> which. <laughs> <laughs> Her husband, longtime husband from like the 90s, um, Mike D from the Beastie Boys. Oh, wow. Yeah. I guess D stands for Davis. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, they have a couple kids, you know. The movie was co-written by Adam Sandler, of course. And Tim Hurley is how I'm going. I think it's Hurley. Hurley. Yeah. And you know about this fact, I'm going to say? Uh, maybe. I know he does all of his. He's a big contributor. He's a very frequent collaborator. collaborator. Yeah. Um, and do you know anything about his son? I actually don't. Oh, well, his son, Martin, is one of the members of Please Don't Destroy. Oh, really? On yeah. SNL now? Yeah. So Please Don't Destroy are, I believe, a trio who, um, they are writers for SNL. They kind of have Lonely Island vibes because they also have digital shorts that play on SNL. Yeah. They are very funny. Also, I just very found funny. one of the other Please Don't Destroy guys is the son of another old Steve, SNL writer. Steve Higgins. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, nepotism lives. <laughs> but guess what? They are really, really they are funny. Good. They are good. Um, they have a particularly funny video that was not on SNL, but I saw on Twitter uh, where they – it's about a Shailene Woody, Woodley video game. Yes, that is very funny. <laughs> we, we send it to each other every now and then. I love it. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, right? Uh, SNL, man. Lauren, get on it. Get some new people on. You know, we did Mean Girls, which had a lot of SNL alum, and this one – I didn't realize, you know, when I was younger, how many SNL people are in this movie. Because you don't get, like, David Spade. Like, there's a whole, like, swath of SNL people from this era that you don't get. Yeah. But there's so many that you do get. Well, it's kind of interesting because I was looking at Adam Sandler's Wikipedia, and he was in, like, Coneheads before this. Yeah. It so was it a lot seems of the- that a lot of SNL people have little minor roles in yes. each other's movies. Yes. Um, it was a it was a lot of the Conehead squad apparently. So tell me, who are some of the people that were on SNL that are in this movie? Uh, just Norm McDonald, of yeah. course. Uh, Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Um, yeah. Where? Uh, hold on, I have to look because now I'm blanking on the entire cast of this movie, even oh. though we watched it like less than 24 hours ago. Uh, Jim Downey, who was the host of the show at the end, yeah. was uh, the longest tenured writer in SNL history. I'll take it. That's uh, really cool. Yeah. I think there was somebody else, too. The cast isn't, like, too huge. No, it's a high percentage, for yeah. sure. If you take out all those kids that did nothing. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. The kids who, I'll, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about them later. None of them did anything after this. <laughs> well, nothing in, like, they didn't become famous. Acting, yeah. Yeah, they didn't just, like, disappear off the face of the earth after this movie. <laughs> that would be wild. So, Billy Madison was a number one hit at the box office when it debuted in February of 95. Yep. Um, It was... You know, mildly successful um, commercially, banking a $26.4 million pot uh, on a $10 million budget. The 89-minute film did not do as well critically. I am stunned, Getting honestly. very mixed reviews, including Roger Ebert saying that Adam Sandler should not be, like, a movie In star. In movies, yeah, basically. Which is genius. <laughs> um, I didn't read his whole review this time. Yeah. Uh, but. That little piece, yeah, yeah we got. Yeah. 
It says on Wikipedia, there's this one line that I think is like genius. And it says, um, despite getting mixed reviews from critics at the time of its release, the film is now considered one of Sandler's best. I just want to know, like. No, I think that's right. I know. But like, who determines that? Why did that person is there, Was there that? a link? No. <laughs> there is no link. But you know what? I will say I am a little bit more likely to believe them because they used the correct form of it's. Okay. There was no apostrophe in that sentence. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? I'll take it. Maybe it was me. Maybe. Put that in Are there. you a Wikipedia editor? No, you'll never know. Um. Overall, like, I loved this movie. I thought it was great. so good. It's great. There's there's some parts that are like, eh, like the whole Sandler voice thing. But like, yeah, it's I thought it I thought it got really good when the schooling started. I agree. Like, the first part of it oh, is OK. God. It's just but, like, yeah. But uh, the I also love the premise and it goes along with my. Um, enjoyment of movies. If I'm watching a comedy, if I'm watching something that is light, I want it to be light. I don't want any real conflict. And like Billy, William Billy Madison, I saw in the cast. Yes. um, He lets everything just kind of roll off his back like a duck. Like he doesn't care. Well, I I love that. It's funny because why does he even want the business? Like that's never even established. He doesn't. He gives it away at the end. Well, I know, but that wasn't the point of the spoilers. Uh, that wasn't the point of the like the whole competition. The point was that he was going to get the inheritance that Eric couldn't get. It's not like he cared one way or the other about the business. True. I think he just wanted to make sure that he could still just like do whatever he wants. Yeah. And that would be like being rich and perhaps, stuff. Perhaps it was a bit of an identity crisis. But, oh, maybe Mrs. Nesbitt. But I will say he has a nice change of heart and a deeper understanding of what life is about by the end. Should I get into the plot summary? That's the perfect segue. <laughs> okay, so... We open up with the 27-year-old, I wrote billionaire. I'm not sure. I'm just going to say he's a billionaire. Yeah, why not? uh, Heir to a Fortune 500 hotel chain called Madison Hotels, named Billy Madison. Oh, also, we, our friend got married at Madison Hotel, our, uh, so, our friends, so shout out to them. That was like one of the 600 uh, Madison Hotels (laughs) that there are in this movie. Uh, Billy Madison, played by Adam Sandler. And he's hanging out with his deadbeat friends, Frank, played by Norm MacDonald, and Jack, played by Mark Beltzman, who I think had SNL ties as well. Um, Billy is absolutely wasted. He sees an imaginary giant penguin on the grounds of his dad's property, and he, and he chases it with a golf cart, falling flat on his face and embarrassing himself in front of his dad's business partners, including Eric Gordon, played by Bradley Whitford, and Carl Alphonse, played by Larry Hankin. Billy interrupts his dad's business dinner by obnoxiously slurping soup, childishly yelling gibberish, and seemingly threatening Eric. So Billy's dad, Brian Madison, played by Darren McGavin, boots Billy from the dinner table. I will say, I did laugh at the gibberish. (laughs) It was so stupid. It was so dumb. Speaking later with Eric and Carl, Mr. Madison decides to deviate from his succession plan of turning the company over to Billy and instead allow the devious Eric to take the reins. When Billy begs him to reconsider because Eric is an awful person... Mr. Madison tells Billy that he paid for Billy's entire way through school by bribing every single one of his school teachers to pass him. Billy says he'll go back to school, and so his father takes him up on that. In order to allow Billy to inherit the company, Mr. Madison decides that Billy has to pass all 12 grades of primary, secondary school with two weeks per grade to prove that he would be competent enough to take over. It's just the dumbest premise. It's genius. (laughs) On his first day of school, Billy runs into Veronica Vaughn, played by Bridget Wilson a third-grade teacher who spurns his advances. 
After a memorable stop with Miss Lippy in first grade, where Billy, <laughs> where Billy makes cotton arts and crafts projects, gets bullied by one of the many O'Doyles in the school district, eats glue, learns about the puppy who lost its way, and buries six-year-olds with dodgeballs, Billy finishes second grade and ends up with Veronica as his third grade teacher. He also becomes friends with a quiet boy with glasses named Ernie that he sits next to in class, and again, he is picked on by a second O'Doyle child. O'Doyle rules! <laughs> <laughs> Miss Vaughn begins to warm up to Billy as they head on a field trip uh, with a bus driver played by an out-of-his-mind Chris Farley. I did not know he was in that. (laughs) He's in Uncredited, and I flipped out. Out out of his mind. He's so funny. And it's on this field trip that Billy becomes popular with the third graders. When Ernie accidentally pees his pants, Billy puts water on his own pants and declares that peeing your pants is cool. This leads to two I things. I loved that. Well, that's why Va- Miss Vaughn started to really like him because yeah. he was nice to Ew, Ernie. That is it's a whole... a, we'll get into Miss yeah. Vaughn. Uh, this leads to two things. The other students accepting both Billy and Ernie as the cool kids. And one of the best quotes in the movie when the insanely old tour guide gives the absolute heater, if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Billy makes it all the way to high school where he gets bullied by yet another O'Doyle kid on the first day. And realizes that high school wasn't exactly what it was like when he was that age. He's wearing an Ario Speedwagon shirt. The whole deal. It's not cool anymore in 1995. I feel like that is every single movie of people. Oh, geez, of people going back to school, of which there are like many. But it, I, it makes me really think of 21 Jump Street when Channing Tatum was like so cool when he was in high school, and then when he goes back, like everyone like cares about the environment and hates yes, bullying, yes. and so like he doesn't really fit yes. in because he just like bullied people. Yeah, exactly. Around this time, Eric decides to take matters into his own hands. He blackmails Billy's elementary school principal, Max Anderson, saying that Billy bribed him to pass him through the school. Eric says that if the principal doesn't meet his demands, he will leak to the press Max's previous career as a professional wrestler called the Revolting Blob, who accidentally killed someone in the ring. When Principal Anderson's confession hits the media, Mr. Madison calls off the deal with Billy and renames Eric as his successor. This sends Billy into a spiral as he goes back to hanging out with Frank and Jack. Veronica comes over one day and beats him up, throwing him into the pool, motivating him to go back to school. Billy, at this time, also calls a few people from his high school days and apologizes to them for his past behavior, including Danny McGrath, played by Steve Buscemi, who we see, chillingly, crossing Billy's name off of his list of people to kill. Good call, Billy. Billy's elementary school friends bully Principal Anderson into retracting his false statements, so Mr. Madison gives Billy one more chance. Eric threatens to sue, saying that Billy didn't pass each grade in two weeks as per the original agreement, so Billy comes up with an idea. An academic decathlon of 10 high school level events to determine who takes over Madison Hotels. Again, a Fortune 500 billion dollar company is just going to whoever can answer trivia questions and and, and win a race. So Eric and Billy face off in events ranging from baking to a straight up sprint to a Jeopardy style trivia game. Billy is asked about the Industrial Revolution and gives a thoughtful, seemingly poignant response, but the host, played by a hysterical Jim Downey, provides a harsh, over-the-top response. He says, Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. It's what every middle school teacher has thought at some point. <laughs> yes. And then, and then Billy goes, uh, a simple no would have been fine, <laughs> or wrong, whatever. 
Uh, next, Eric is asked about business business ethics, and when he can't figure out an answer because of how much of an unethical genius. businessman it's he is, genius. he pulls out a gun and he points it at Billy. But Eric gets tackled by who else but the revolting Blob? It's clad in his mask and his cape and everything, his luchador mask and all. That's tight screenwriting right there. Absolutely, it's it's Chekhov's gun at its finest. <laughs> and just wait, it gets even better, even tighter. Yeah, with a gun. Uh, when Eric escapes and tries to shoot Veronica, he's shot in the butt with a rifle by who else but Danny McGrath, the man Billy called earlier in the movie and apologized to. Not only was that a good call, it was a great call. Yeah, oh man. So, Eric is, I guess, subdued, and so we cut to graduation, where, uh, Billy decides to give the business to Carl, a more mild-mannered and honest businessman, and says that he wants to go to college and become a teacher. And Eric, who is at the graduation for some reason, hobbles away on crutches, and Victoria, uh, Victoria, Veronica kisses Billy, and the credits roll. Well, not just that. Like, everyone kisses. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like, right, there's, right. like, so Chris five Farley, different people. Chris Farley kisses the penguin. Yeah. Uh, Norm kisses somebody. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of kissing going on. Yeah, I love it. That graduation. It's so dumb. Yeah. What a great movie. Yeah. And you know what, Tom? For the first time ever, I think that your summary was pretty much what the movie is. Oh, yeah. You know what? No, you did miss something. Whenever. Oh, I missed the O'Doyles. The O'Doyles go fall, flying off a cliff. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but you also miss whenever Billy passes a grade, he has this ginormous party. Yes, every it's two like weeks. A huge pool party. Every two weeks. Carnival, like the whole thing. That's yeah. every two weeks. Every two weeks. And the principal was at like all of them. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you be? So good. All right. So I have some questions and then I have like one major discussion point that I want to like do a whole segment on. Okay. Um, I, have, I have plenty of stuff to fill in time where we're doing okay. So great. Yeah. I will tell you this though. I missed one thing, which is Tamara Davis. I did say she was famous for writing, a, uh, for directing a lot of music videos. One of those music videos was Mbop by Hanson. Oh, that's probably what she's most famous for. So I mean, if that's, <laughs> if that's what you're most famous for, you're doing okay. Absolutely. You know? Um, so one of the questions I have is, is this your favorite, your cutoff movie TV show book? I have a couple others that I, um, that I like, but I, I really thought that this is one of those tropes that you see a lot. Yeah. Well, it's 1995 succession. Yeah. So I'm going to put succession in that because there right. is a part where one of them very explicitly gets cut off. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's a good one. Succession. <laughs> Billy Madison. Yeah. Those Anything are the. Else? Um, go ahead. You you say a couple of years. I'll see if any pop pop. Into Tommy my head. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Is one. Of course. And, which was like two years later. And yeah. Oh, so no. It was like it was like the, the year before. It was wasn't like it? Very, it nah, was, it might have been after. There was something where in this movie, the character was originally named Tommy and him and Chris Farley were like, we got to like figure out what we're doing here. And so ah. they changed this to Billy Madison. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think Tommy Boy and then Shit's Creek. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not that they're like cut off, but they lose all of their money. Yes. Um. And I thought that that yeah. one. Yeah, it's very uh, is one of my favorites. Yeah, I yeah. love that. No. I watched. I watched two episodes at uh, about three thirty a.m. this morning. Nice. When I was feeding the that, bubby. That's one of my. That's one of my go tos when I'm aimlessly awake at night too. It's so, just heartwarming yeah and i love that so is tommy boy so is billy madison succession not not so much much. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i don't know if i can think of any other really big ones of your cut off right off the top of my head i'm sure there's a million but yeah but i thought that that was a good one and i love the idea of billy madison being compared with kendall roy yes that's genius um 
Okay, so I have just in general, I want you to choose your Desert Island Adam Sandler movie. What is your one favorite? You only can watch that one. And don't do like a, well, this one's the longest one. No, what's your favorite is basically Uh. what I'm asking. The best, your favorite, whatever. You can go with traditional, um, the Sandler genre that we're used to. You can do the uncut gems. You could like A Crazy Nights if you want to go animated. Whatever you want, but you can only pick one and the rest disappear forever. Like never to be remembered? Never to be remembered. Oh my God. Or maybe you remember them, but you can never even, like, if you watch one second, it's like The Ring. Oh, my God. Yeah. Seven uh, days. <laughs> <How> <laughs> Eight <many>? crazy nights. <laughs> is what, yes. Yeah. They, it's, it's like a scary Adam Sandler with huge <laughs> jean shorts that just whispers, Eight crazy nights. And you die eight and days you later. you die eight days later if you watch a second of any oh, of the other Adam no. Sandler movies. No. Oh, man. Uh, it's not going to be Uncut Gems. Uh, okay. It's not going to be wow. a ser- it's not going to be a serious one. Okay. It's got to be. I'm between this one, Big Daddy, just for my nostalgia factor, or Happy Gilmore, and I think I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to go with Happy Gilmore. Why? Because it has everything. Okay. It's Bob Barker. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's got Carl Weathers with a with a prosthetic hand. Yeah. It's got uh, what's her name from Modern Family, isn't it? Yeah, Julie Bowen. Julie Bowen. Uh, it's got a legendary villain. Uh, Shooter McGavin, who is na- apparently named after uh, McGavin from this movie. Oh, really? The actor, yeah. Um, and it's oh, that's so funny. It's it's a classic. It's a classic. It's terrible. It's a classic. I'm gonna go with Happy Gilmore. I love that. Do you I, know what mine is? You you well, yours is the Wedding Singer. Yeah, but you can't go wrong with any of the ones that we've talked about. Okay, I love that. They're all just different vibes. All right. How about your kicked off the island one? What is the worst Adam Sandler movie you've ever seen? I haven't seen any bad ones yet. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill? It's not particularly close. You think it's way worse than That's My Boy? Yeah. Grown Ups 2? Yeah. Okay. There are, I ha- I laughed at those other movies at one point. Jack and Jill is just not funny. No. Uh, the thing that really upsets me about Jack and Jill <laughs> is that Al Pacino is in it. Yeah. And, like, there's no reason for Al Pacino to be in Jack and Jill. That is kind of sad. And he's, sad. like, playing himself, but he's playing, like, an, like, an evil version. Not an evil, but he's playing, like, a like a, like a a pretentious version of himself where he's doing, like, Dunkin' Donuts commercials. And he's just, he's just being really mean to everybody. Yeah. And it's, like, why did we need to do this with Al Pacino? Like, All right. It just, it just makes me upset. I think that's fair. Jack and Jill makes me upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think that Jack and Jill is worse than I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry? Yeah, because it was a few years later, and while I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry was offensive at the time, it's would it like it's we're 2011. Yeah, I think Jack and Jill was, and right. Jack and Jill was offensive in 2011. So like, I feel like the later you get, the be- the more Jack and Jill is just like offensively bad. Yeah, yeah. Just the more you should know better yeah. with what you're putting out. Okay. Uh, what is Jack and Jill about? He plays like him and his sister. Or yeah, something? and it's just oh. yeah, it's it's that's really it. That's the whole movie. And Al Pacino's in it being mean to people on the set of the Dunkin' Donuts commercial where he talks about his new product, the Dunkachino. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's actually a funny joke. All right. Um, Jack and Jill's got to go. Sorry, Jack and Jill. We're killing you and Maverick. Yes, exactly. Um, so one of the things that I noticed, there's a scene where Billy, like, dances down a staircase, sings and dances. Yeah. I thought he was going to fall, but he didn't. Because it was like tumbling or yeah, something? Yeah, the song was about tumbling, so it was yeah. a nice red herring there, maybe. Yeah. 
But it really reminded me of the scene in Love Actually where Hugh Grant playing the prime minister has a whole scene where he's like dancing, I think to the Pointer Sisters, down a staircase. And you have not seen Love Actually. Right. But there was one night. So they stole it from this movie. I think that they stole that from Billy Madison. Love Actually, I think, stole from Billy Madison. And I think that Adam Sandler is, you should probably get some some rights to that. Sandman, if you're listening. Take a look. Lawyer up. Take a look at uh, Love Actually 2003 Christmas classic that gets worse and worse every single year. <laughs> I, I swear I loved it when it first came out, and now it's so cringy. I just, ugh, I don't know. And Tom, you have never seen it, but one you, night I yeah. read the entire Wikipedia page to you and added in my own commentary. So I've pretty much seen it. So you pretty much have seen it. Yeah. It is a who's who of uh, the British. Of Britain. Yeah, the British royalty the, that's not the, royal. The early aughts. Yes, um, including an 18-year-old fresh-faced Kira Knightley. Yeah. Yeah. Who I love. Uh, who I love, too. And her husband, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yes. And who I also love. The guy who loves her, uh, what's his name from Andrew Walking Lincoln. Dead? Andrew Lincoln. Yeah. Who I like. Yeah. So there's lots of people. Colin Firth is in Alan it. Alan Rickman, right? Alan Rickman yeah. and his wife, Emma Thompson. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson's in it. It's Liam it's, Neeson's? Liam Neeson's. The whole, <laughs> the whole squad. Um, but it does not super hold up well. Oh, and also the guy who plays Ferb, in, Phineas and Ferb, isn't it? Okay. I think. <laughs> sure. No, no. I'm oh, not- wait. He's in Game of Thrones, too. He was oh, the one that was he with was Jojen Reed. He was with a uh, Hodor and, and Bran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the guy, the kid. Yeah. So he's in it, and he d- plays the drums, and they sing "All I Want for Christmas Is You." So you know, there's that. But I think that they stole from Billy Madison. Yeah, I believe it. You believe it? Yeah. Well, that's all that I. Sandman's asked a genius. For. My next question is: Who is your favorite minor character? I have two. I love the old lady dressed up from the 1700s yeah. that likes to pee her pants. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Chris Farley is just. He's so good. It's a legitimate. I, it makes me sad. Anytime I see Chris Farley in something, it makes me sad. It's a legitimate. We could have gotten more. Oh, absolutely. It's it's a legitimate show stealing performance from his Chris Farley. Sideburns. Okay, and also he his uh, hairline. Yes. He like does a comb over yes. that starts literally yes. right above his ear. I just love the way that he's introduced. Where like. Billy is like talking with the kids on the bus and they're like talking. They're like, hey, let's hit the bus driver or something. And they <laughs> yeah, hit the bus driver. Sandwich. And, yeah. And they hit him with the sandwich and then it just cuts to the front of him, like from where like the mirror is in the bus. And so like you see like the, the top part of his face, like looking backwards into the rest of the bus. And he's just like muttering under his it's breath. It's so good. It's the perfect introduction. It's like for cursing. A, yes. To a to a cameo that immediately I'm sure people in theaters were like, oh my God. Oh my God. Because he was so famous at yes. that time. He was like the number one yes. actor. Comedian. So I'm gonna just uh, just add something here. So the the actor who played Ernie, who was um, Adam Sandler's friend or Billy Madison's friend in like third grade, moving on, um, he retired from acting after this movie, and he recently did an AMA on Reddit, which was I think like a year ago after Norm Macdonald's death. Uh, so yeah, so Norm Macdonald died. He posted a photo of him and Norm Macdonald, Norm Macdonald, and then people were like, "Oh, you should do an ask me anything." So he did one. Can I just really quick interrupt with my favorite Norm Macdonald thing? Yeah, I was going to go Chris Farley, but 
Um, okay, you know what? Just go, and then I'll talk about Norm. Well, we can talk about Norm for an hour. I I don't really know much about Norm McDonald yet, but uh, I'm sure I will find out, watch his specials, all that. But one of the things, well, first of all, he was fired from SNL for making a joke that was like anti OJ Simpson when he was literally like a murderer, right? And people got <laughs> mad. Um, and I think one of the producers was like a friend of OJ's or something. Yeah. But what, one thing that – it's poignant, but one thing I really like is his uh, – he died of leukemia. Yes. He had it in 2013, I believe, um, a, a type of cancer. Didn't tell anyone except for his family, his agent. And um, then it went away. He had a recurrence in 2020 and then died in 2021. He was only 61. Yeah, something like that. Um, but he had a great line uh, that said uh, – I'm totally paraphrasing – that – he hates that, like when people say cancer won, or I lost, lost the battle lost the with battle, cancer. Yeah. And he says that cancer never wins. At best, it's a tie. Yeah, you win until it's a tie. Because when you die, cancer dies too. Yeah, and that's... I just, I think that is such a a nice way to look at it to make you feel like I don't know less upset upset yeah Yeah. it's it's something to think about it's like it's calling back to one of our previous episodes the misery episode where kathy bates's character says says to james con if i die you die that's what the human body says to cancer if i die you die yeah and that kind of it's a little comforting i don't know it's it's it feels a little bit better than saying that someone lost the battle with cancer yeah so shout out norm mcdonald love him gonna watch all of his specials including his latest which came out posthumously yeah yeah all right so anyway keep going so the actor the actor who played ernie his name is jared cook and he talked glowingly about every single person on in the cast uh it's obviously norm mcdonald who he posted the picture with uh he also said that chris farley was so funny and that he had a ton of takes on the one line where he screams no yelling on the bus (laughs) and that there was so much cursing that they weren't able to use uh, he also said that that scene was, he called it the Chris Farley show, where there was a ton of improv going on and nobody had any idea what he was going to say or do. That's awesome. And like when he got so red, like yeah. <laughs> the whole scene is beat yeah. red. <laughs> and they had no idea, of, they they didn't know what any of his lines were going to be. That's amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he also said, you know, he loved Adam Sandler. Uh, he said... I remember when we shot all the stuff on the bus. It was in between takes, and Adam picked his nose and showed me this disgusting booger on his finger. In that moment, I knew that guy was the coolest. That's awesome. Is it him, or did you find out on a trivia thing that like Adam Sandler was absolutely massacring these kids when oh, no, they played was, dodgeball? Yes. Uh, he. I don't think he was in that scene, actually, because that was first grade. Oh, okay. Uh, but... That is like a very famous, like Adam Sandler talked about it on Conan. Like he did, like, so in the dodgeball scene, he's like, he's beaning these kids. So he gets hit in the face with a dodgeball and then he ends up catching one and he's like, you kids are in a lot of trouble. And then there's like a, like a 30 second scene of him just beaning kids with dodgeballs. And apparently they had to keep cutting away when they were editing it because the kids were starting to cry. That's amazing. <laughs> like they, he was crushing them with dodgeballs. They actually banned dodgeball at some point in my school. And so what we did was we um, – they changed it, the gym teachers, where they would put a um, three – like traffic cones out on yeah. the on each person's side and put one ball on top of each traffic yes. cone and say, the goal is to hit the balls off the traffic right, cone. Right, but right. it was just dodgeball. Yes. Um, I love that. 
Do you know what uh, Jared Cook said the hardest scene to keep it all together was? I wonder. No, what was it? <laughs> the sloppy Joe scene. The sloppy Joe scene was amazing. There's a they're in they're at lunch one day, and it, there's just this weird old lunch lady with like this music that play, the music in this movie is amazing. The music that plays when the sloppy Joe lady comes on screen is like like Jaws music kind of like it's like that kind of like horror film <laughs> type of thing and she's like got a mole yeah and, and she's like I made them extra yeah, sloppy I heard you like sloppy Joes <laughs> <laughs> so weird and yeah. she's like never in the movie again no no there's so many of those little characters like the Miles Davis ladies never in the movie again yeah so who's your favorite minor character it has to be Chris Farley it, it has, has to be the to bus be. driver it's one of those things like we always talk about like a Tony Soprano character where it's like that's he's the he's the best minor character yeah. but if I'm taking him out of it uh I guess it's pr- I you know I love I love Norm I love Norman uh and you know Jack and Frank yeah I think they're amazing yeah they're like maybe a little bit more than that because they're recurring yeah. but you know I love the sloppy Joe lady yeah I love the 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 Miles Davis lady yeah all these like one-off characters the Steve Buscemi's character all yeah. these characters are great that's so true they're all deranged every single one of them is insane it makes sense then that Adam Sandler would do so well in a Safety Brothers movie because that's kind of what yeah. one of the things that they're known for too is just taking random people yeah. off the street. Who do not sometimes. look like hot like stars, like Hollywood. Who don't actors. look like human beings. Yes, yes. It's kind of like um, I just think of the two brothers from Uncut Gems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh it reminds me of the John Fetterman commercial where he says, I don't look like a politician. I don't look like most people. <laughs> Which is, like, the most comedic, genuinely funny thing that I've ever heard. From, like, a political ad. In a political ad. I love his political ads. Um, (laughs) We hate you, Dr. Oz. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... Uh, I just love that. And so clearly, if, uh, you know, maybe the Safdie brothers got some inspiration from Adam Sandler movies of the fact that sometimes these random side characters that are barely even characters, they're just like people that are in a movie for two milliseconds. uh, You can come up with some of the funniest stuff. Yeah. Well, the Safdies, they love Adam Sandler. They wrote the movie for Adam Sandler. So I'm sure that they had some sort of influence from a lot of his movies. You even have the kid that stuttered, and then that leads to the very famous line. Today, Junior. (laughs) Which is not nice. It's ableist. Um, And he gets in trouble for it. He does get in trouble for it. Rightly so. He does get in trouble for it. If I was... He would have been Mrs. Ms. Vaughn. Yeah, you I can't. would not let the kid start off reading and have him just like go. That's not how you do it. Right. But whatever. Um again, 1995. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, the the thing with that is like he's good to the kid. Like the, the, it's they're fine. friends later I know, on. I know. Um another question that I have. I have another like what's your favorite question? And uh what's your favorite part of those graduation parties? There's got to be like uh, there's like a flamethrower guy. Or there's guys. the clown on stilts that falls and like cracks his head open. Hemorrhages. Yes. Um, my favorite is the guy who rides the jet ski in the fountain. <laughs> yes, yes. My favorite is when uh, Jack, one of Billy's friends, is just spraying a kid with a hose. Yeah. And the kid's like, who are you? Stop doing this. I don't know who you are. And he's just blasting him with a hose. It's so good. I love those parties. I kind of want our son's birthday parties to be kind of inspired by that. I was going to ask you if you had to do this, what, like, I just said pick one theme that you would do for one of your parties. Because I could have had you do 12, but. My God, imagine. 
I would, I don't know. I think um, maybe kind of like a unicorn theme would be cool because you can really work with that. I know Adam Sandler, he pretty much only does like circus themed yeah, every time. Every party was like pretty much the same. Yeah. But I think you can have different types there. You can do a, a unicorn theme. That would be cool. Make it more rainbow. Make yeah. it purpley and pretty and sparkly. That would be fun. Um, maybe you could have like a Furby theme. Furby. Absolutely. You know, that would be fun with the. Especially in 1995. What's the shell one? Shelby. The Shelby, which I did not know Shelby existed. Apparently it was a shelled Furby. Yeah, I had one. Yeah. Shelby was chaos. And apparently their personalities were like ornery. Yeah. They, <laughs> they were like mean. <laughs> they were like make fun of you. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I say unicorn and Furby theme. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Um, okay. One of the things if we're talking about those parties, like you said, the principal was at almost every party. The guy who played the principal, his dad is Zero Mustel or Mostel or whatever, who originated... The lead in Fiddler on the Roof. That's random. Isn't that crazy? Um, that guy was in... I don't know, wait, I don't know if he originated it, but he played the lead guy on Fiddler on the Roof. That guy, the son, the principal, Josh, um, he was in... I know him from Big Daddy. He's like the yes. adoption yep. agency guy. Yep. Um, so I just have to say, he had the best fit ever in the scene where he's being blackmailed by Bradley Whitford. It was sort of these, like, matching short shorts and a button-down collar shirt that was, like, this uh, kind of 70s orange-brown floral. Yes. And it just makes me think how lucky we are in this world to have Adam Sandler's style, too. Yes. You know, nowadays, um, to those that are not in touch with uh, high schoolers, they have... It's, it's become a theme day. So the past couple of years, during, like, Spirit Week, they have Adam Sandler Day. Amazing. And you dress in, like, baggy clothes. Amazing. And, and huge baseball jerseys and huge jean shorts. And it's so funny to me. Listen, whenever you, caps. whenever you think about how things are different nowadays, just think about – just just understand that. Think about Adam Sandler Day and just understand that – The kids are all right. The kids are all right. The kids are all right. That's exactly it. Let me tell you something. The kids are fine. They're, they're great. <laughs> uh, and if you ever wonder why – they have Adam Sandler Day for Mainly because of the Sandman. Yeah. And they also, I always, <laughs> every year they do something weird, all the, all the kids. And last year they had, uh, I forget what it was called. It was like Dress Up Wednesdays or something. And they wore suits and like really nice outfits every single Wednesday during the school year. Minions Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like going to see the Rise of Gru every single <laughs> Wednesday. Um, One of my other questions, I only have two more. What grade would you want to go back to? It could be just in general or to relive your experience when you were in that grade. Um, I liked, I mean, I liked being a senior in high school. That was fun. That's the easy one. Yeah. Um, I also think that eighth grade was great because. Hey, shout out eighth grade. I love teaching eighth grade. Because I don't know exactly what the layout is like now, but eighth grade was basically like being a senior of middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was for me too. Yeah. So that is was something that i really like and eighth grade was when i became friends with most of the people that i would be friends with for to, until now that's so nice. that was a good uh those were a good couple years that's a really good one i would probably pick i really liked second grade uh my aunt carol was my teacher okay and she was really really great it was 
We went to school right at the tail end of the time before it was very testing heavy. Yeah. Where you had to We were still doing the CATs at that time, though, but... Yeah, and GEPAs, HESPAs. Yeah. Um, But teachers, I think, had a little more leeway to experiment and take time with student interest projects and stuff like that. So we did all kinds of stuff. On the first snow day, she had us bring in all of our outfits, and we went out in the snow for an hour. Um, We made... The ca- the caterpillars into the butterfly thing. Yeah. We did all that, and something else that we did. Um, I because I'm of course nerdy me. I made a play. I wrote a play, and she actually had me cast it, and we put on a play. Wow! And so we spent like a couple weeks doing that. Any Tony nominations? You got seventeen Tony nominations, but zero wins. Zero wins, just like uh, School of Rock yeah. and Mean Girls <laughs> and Legally Blonde the Musical. Yeah. So I think second grade because we really were encouraged to explore our interests. And I wish that that – and there were other times that that happened too. I love fourth grade with Mr. Roach. Um, But I I do wish that that would be something that I continued doing. My one memory of second grade, you know, shout out Mrs. Abrams. She was cool. Uh, Was that our field trip was to the beach and we were going to like – pick up seashells and do all that kind of stuff and like for sciencey type of things and we went and it hailed on us <laughs> so we were on the beach and it just started hailing and we were all like sprinting back to the bus that's awesome i love stuff like that yeah, yeah. that's what you remember yeah oh i also remember in second grade we did a thanksgiving play and i really wanted to be the lead sarah joseph hale and i was not given that part instead i was given the part of narrator number three and i Ooh. was so upset and um aunt carol was like no like narrator number three is like the best part. Yeah. Um. And later on, and it of, was. Of and course, yeah. I found out that narrator number three actually had the most lines. And oh, really? So that's why I got it because I'm so awesome. But <laughs> you definitely have the most lines on this podcast. No, <laughs> I don't know. Um. But I I was mad for a quite some time that I was not Sarah Joseph Hale. And then the guy who played Abraham Lincoln had a felt beard. Oh my! And God. it looked so funny. All right, so yeah, it's second grade for me. I like your kind of seniors and seniors in yeah. middle school thing. Yeah. I think my last question before I ask you for your questions are, do you think Billy would make a good teacher? He wants to be a teacher. He decides to go back to school for it. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think he would have the best of intentions. And he would be so fun. Yes, he would be very fun. He would be. He would teach the kids nothing. Yeah. Uh, he would be worse than Dewey from School of Rock. Yeah. Because Dewey from School of Rock at least has a skill. <laughs> like, he can teach the kids how to play music. Yeah. what I don't know that Billy Madison has a specific type of, like, teachable... Like, what subject? I know, that's the thing. Like, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe he could be a special. But it's like, what, what special, special would he teach? I don't know. He party planning? Maybe party planning? He's got a he doesn't he's not very good at the clarinet, so he can't really do music because we saw that in the decathlon. He lost the the sprinting race. I've got it. Homek. He makes an amazing what is it, a pie? Um, like a <laughs> at yeah. the end in the decathlon. Yeah. Perfect. He makes a perfect pie. He's right. gonna be the Home cooking. Ec. He's gonna be the cooking teacher. Cooking teacher. That's beautiful. Yeah. And yes, that. he'll be good. Sure. All right. The kids will love him. He'll they'll, they'll elementary eat, school. Oh my god! They'll eat snack packs every single day. They'll love it. Perfect. All right, Tom, give me some of your stuff, and then we'll go to my um, special uh, segment. All right. Well, we'll start with Mrs. Nesbitt. 
Uh, it's got to be Billy. Yeah. Uh, because he's no, I know who it is. The, well, Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi is my other, the other <laughs> one I have here. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even write much about his character. I just wrote that Steve Buscemi's character was going through some stuff. Because we don't know what was going on here. He just had a list of people that he was killing. That's wild. Yeah. Why was he there? <laughs> <laughs> he crossed Billy's name off the list. Eric's name wasn't on the list. Because when we saw that scene, I looked on the list to see if there was anybody else. You that- have to understand that. Why was he when, there? When you're watching Adam Sandler movies, you have to go in with a sense of whimsy, Tom. <laughs> There's no logic whatsoever. There's no logic. And there doesn't need to be. No, of course not. Um, but yeah, Billy, th- there's a point in this movie, and I don't even really know what point it is, where he realizes that he needs to grow up. Yeah. Uh, and even by the end, he hasn't really grown up, but he's got his priorities a little bit more in order. Yeah. Uh, instead of just getting really drunk and chasing around hallucinatory penguins. True. Um, so yeah, that this is a pretty a pretty simple one for this yep. um, episode. Uh, now, food. Yeah. There's a lot of food in this movie. And it's all like... They talk about daiquiris a lot. There's like daiquiris everywhere. Yeah. There's the whole snack packs versus bananas debate with him in the oh Juanita's amazing too. That's another side like side character yeah, we that love I didn't Juanita. even mention. Um, Veronica brings him a bunch of snack packs to celebrate his third grade graduation. Yeah, and it's like a pack of thirty, and she's like, "Oh, this will get you through the weekend." Yes, exactly. <laughs> so much pudding. Um, obviously the sloppy joes. Uh, Chris Farley and somehow also like Billy's friends <laughs> yeah. eat all of the kids' lunches on the bus trip. Yep. I didn't know that the that Billy or that Frank and Jack were at the field trip. <laughs> well, again, <laughs> again, there doesn't need to be a reason. No sense. The banana too also ends up killing the O'Doyles. Yes, that is exactly right. Chris Farley tosses a banana out the window of the bus, and then like. They show it again like... They like, do. I'm telling you, the screenplay is much tighter than a lot of movies we this, watch. This movie, this, Billy Madison is a smart movie. Yeah. And I will say that until the day I die. I, I thought it was very cerebral. Um, So, like, <laughs> way, way, way later in the movie, out of nowhere, it's like all the O'Doyles, who you never see in the same screen together until this time. It's like, I, I, I love the O'Doyles. They're like this, like, dirty... Working class, like Irish family. There's one in every grade. There's like twelve of them. You could have played off their bullying, like like as you were saying, if you were gonna make it serious, like you could play off their bullying with like the parents abusing them or something like that. But no, no, they're in the car as they're hit the banana the banana peel and they careen off the cliff. They're all happily yelling O'Doyle oh, rules. O'Doyle. They're rules. all just happy. They're happy until that moment. That's so nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I just want to shout out the O'Doyles real quick. Um, so, I mean, other than that, like, where was I? <laughs> <laughs> Billy being Miss Nesbitt. No, we're talking about food. Oh, food. So yeah. that's, that's how they included the, the bananas when it came to the O'Doyles. There you go. Um, and then there was the one scene towards the end when, uh, Veronica's beating the crap out of him and. Oh yeah, that was random. They were all passed out. Uh, Billy and Frank and Jack, and there's I spotted these foods. I spotted Fritos, potato chips, Chinese food, Doritos, and pizza. That's when they were awesome. All, when they're all passed out, there could have been more that I missed, but that was what I spotted. Fantastic. So that's a lot of the food in the movie. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you know, you got Billy slurping soup at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all that. I have uh, mostly comments because we hit a lot of the questions that I was going to okay. talk about. Um, so. In the first scene when he's like spreading lotion on himself and he's running the golf cart around the grounds yeah. and speaking gibberish and the borderline offensive Sandler voice, all I could think of was, 
And this is a good Sandler movie. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> um, also, I want to talk about how amazing Bradley Whitford is in this. He's just great in He's, anything. He is having so much fun in this movie. It's unreal as, yeah. as Eric, the villain. Yeah. He's like the faces he makes, the little like rat laugh he has when he when he throws the uh, whatever it is, then he hits his secretary in the head and knocks her into a coma. Yeah, she has a, she's in a coma after that. <laughs> yeah, I love Bradley Whitford. He's a, I love him in everything. I, I read on Letterboxd, someone had a review that was like, we were robbed of an entire era of Bradley Whitford as a movie comedy villain. And I agree with that. He's amazing in this, and I don't think he ever really was a villain like this in any other in any other movie. No, because obviously he's one of the villains in Get Out, which has comedic elements. Yeah, but that's not—he's not like this. Is he in The West Wing? Is that kind he of, is in The West yeah, Wing? Yeah, he did a lot with The West Wing, and then I—I I think of Cabin him in the Woods. In Cabin in the Woods too. But he wasn't yeah. really a villain in that. No, I mean, kind of. Yeah, but like him and he was, but he wasn't like he wasn't like yeah. this. No, not like. this. Well, it was him and uh, what's his name, Richard, Richard Jenkins, Jenkins, going back and forth. Um, also, yeah, I wrote that every adult is absolutely disgusting and deranged. Um, oh, Veronica Vaughn might be the most unrealistic character in the history of movies. I did not enjoy her, honestly. I she love was her. The, no, I think she was the weak spot in this movie. I love her. Why? She was a childhood crush of mine. Really? <laughs> Obviously. Why wouldn't she be? I don't know. Uh, she was like a, she was like a Miss USA or something or Teen USA or oh, something. she's beautiful. Yeah. But she's a great actress because she made she actually felt like she actually liked Billy. <laughs> which, yeah, but the, the, it was inexplicable. That's the one thing that's where the it's writing. like, yeah, that's the writing. which after I just praised the screenplay yeah. where it's just like, why does she go from hating him to loving him in two seconds? And she's like, like, like taking her clothes off as he's like answering questions when he's studying for the decathlon for like, oh it's God. like, it's like, it's just, this movie is the peak of white male mediocrity yeah, it's serious. and it's amazing. It is. Oh my God. Like the reason why she loves Billy is because the movie's about Billy Madison. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Because the movie is called Billy Madison. That's the only reason. Other than that. Well, what's great is that at the beginning she has this hatred that you don't understand why either she's like no one likes you and you're bad yeah but that i mean i get that because it's like this billionaire's son is coming back with like these kids like this guy's a loser sorry if i feel like that i'm not literally a month and a half later obsessed with him yeah right that's that's the difference especially when it's billy madison and he has not not changed much yeah he has not changed at all yeah uh, but I think that she is an incredible actress in this movie for that reason, because there's no rationale, but it works to me. Like, I think that like you could, you could, it's not something where it's like, this is the worst romance I've ever seen. It's like, by the end, it's like, okay. Hey, enjoy guys. <laughs> yeah, Have fun. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> right. And, and I think that if you had a worse actress who she wasn't really in all that much. Yeah. I did a little bit of digging on her. Um, she basically just. She married Pete Sampras in 2000. Oh, really? And they are still together and they have kids and oh, she's wow. just a housewife. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Okay. She was like, I wanted to be there when my kids said good morning and when they said good night. Sure. And that was why she like quit acting. She was also in Mortal Kombat the year after. Uh, Mortal she was, Kombat! She was one of, the, like, one of the leads. So she loves competition movies just like me. She does. Uh, I got to say, though, while though we did just trash the screenplay for a second, I will bring it back to the other end of okay. the spectrum and say... I hadn't seen this movie in a while, and I did not expect a, a very explicit Godfather 2 reference. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's when uh, Billy realizes that Eric was the one who uh, blackmailed the principal into lying about 
you know, him bribing him to get through the, the early elementary school classes. And he grabs Eric's face and he just he just looks him directly in the eyes and he says, you broke my heart. Like yes. like Michael does to Fredo and uh, Godfather 2. Beautiful. <laughs> incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, so when they're doing the decathlon, this is totally separate. Eric says that he was second team All-American in track at Harvard. But he only beats Billy by like... <laughs> By like a split second. Does that mean that he's lost his step or Billy is really, really fast? I wrote that Billy must be an insane athlete for doing that with no training. <laughs> <laughs> if only Mr. Madison had kind of like honed that skill, maybe we would have had a totally different Billy Madison. Yeah. Uh, what other uh, comments do I have here? One was that, so there are two guns in schools in this movie, which is not good. Yeah, that's that's gone out the window at this point. But it's four years before Columbine happens. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is, you know. Uh, there are a lot of other things you could maybe hold against this movie, but I don't think that's one of them. No. Uh, another comment is, again, about the O'Doyles. One of my favorite hard cuts is when all the O'Doyles go off the cliff and it immediately cuts to the entire gymnasium of kids cheering and screaming, getting yeah. ready for the last event of the decathlon. Yes, it's yes. a very like, very like, funny. like little like filmmaking thing. That yes. was a, a little a nice little bit there. Um, I also think that while the screenplay is, is funny and it's like absurdist, I think it's apropos for it to start with a couple of the grades being like really meticulously covered, followed by a montage for all of middle school and then a competition for high school instead of actually doing high school. It's like they thought of the concept and they were like halfway through it. And they were like, okay, boring, 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 speed through it, speed through it. Which is very much, I think, in the spirit of this movie. A hundred percent. That's so funny. <laughs> There's no reason to hit every grade and hit every subject and hit no. every topic. No. Just just figure it out. Just get to the end. Yeah, just show <laughs> hot Miss Vaughn. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Worked for me when I was a kid. Miss um, Lippy. Miss <laughs> Lippy. Shout out Miss Lippy. Spreading the glue all over her face. She's a psycho. She was an absolute psycho. So do you want to end with your Yeah, with your I thing? think so. Because I have a little bit of um, trivia. So I'll hit trivia, and we're at about an hour right now, so yeah, we, we have a little bit of time. So the role of Jack, who went to... Um, the guy, that other guy, um, the non Norm Mark, Belt, Mark Beltzman, uh, when Adam Sandler was on Norm Macdonald live, which I guess was like a talk show he did. Uh, he said that that role was originally written for Stephen Colbert. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. So during the bus scene, Chris Farley, when he turned bright red was improvised and Adam Sandler in that, which we never watched that Chris Farley documentary that came mm -hmm. out a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, before every scene, he was chugging espresso. To maintain like his like his attitude and his like manic energy. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, Charles Bronson turned down the role of Mister Madison, well, which he yeah, would have been he great. Been good he would have been great. Yeah. Um, unlike Billy, this is just a fun fact. Which you know, if you know Adam Sandler, you know that he's a like a classically trained actor. Um, Adam Sandler went to college at NYU, mm -hmm. and he studied method acting at the Strasberg Institute. It's so funny. Yes. Daniel Day Sandler over here. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, for the role of Eric, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman auditioned. He would have been amazing. Incredible. Adam Sandler saw his tape and thought he was hilarious, and he really wanted him. Uh, the studio said they offered it to him, but he said no. Uh, Sandler then called him up personally and asked why he declined, and Hoffman just said, I just don't like it. Oh, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman is... One of my favorite actors of all time. Bar none, easy. Easy and one of my favorites. And if he was in this movie, 
it would not be a competition. No, but he I, would be my favorite of all time. But I love Bradley Whitford, I'm very so glad I don't. We, I like it's it's all for the best. I'm glad we got this peek into Bradley Whitford because I love Bradley Whitford. Yes, that's great. So, in so like the famous insult that I read that the decathlon judge yeah says to uh, Billy after his speech. So he says everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it, which is at Saturday Night Live. Jim Downey would say that to Chris Farley all the time. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Anytime he pitched a sketch, he'd be like, everyone is dumber for having heard that, Chris. Awesome. Like, <laughs> and um, my last one was other than Philip Seymour Hoffman, Adam Sandler originally, even before that, he wrote the role for Bob Odenkirk. Who for also Eric. would have been amazing. Yeah. Uh, Universal didn't want that. And it, this is a funny rationale given where Adam Sandler's career went. Universal wouldn't allow it because they didn't want him to use the movie as an excuse to invite all of his friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out Kevin James and Chris Rock. <laughs> exactly. He had David Spade, Rob yeah, Schneider, yeah. the whole crew. He has whole movies where he just invites it's just him us and all. his friends. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's my trivia. The trivia, there's not a ton of it, but it's all – I think that's all that's pretty top good. top-tier. Yeah. I love it. And the Reddit stuff with um, with uh, Jared Cook, the kid who played oh, – the guy who great. played Ernie is all good too. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think that's all I've got. Oh, the other thing I said that – this movie was extremely pro-education yes. and shockingly pro-public education. Yes. Uh, which I thought was awesome. I am so pro-public education. Yeah. I love it. I, I love this movie. And my last segment here – is um, not really about the movie itself, but about the director, Tamara Davis. I do have one other thing if you want it. Yeah, go that. for it. I was going to ask, we talk a lot about your favorite movie, like how you love movies that end in competitions. Yeah. And I wanted to ask what your favorite ones were. Oh, God. I don't know. I really need to think about that. We can do that in another episode. If you- I do love a good old-fashioned uh, like beauty contest ending, like Miss Congeniality is so good. Um, I love Bring It On. I yeah. love the cheer competition. Well, what I really like is like with Billy Madison, the thing is the decathlon was such a small piece of the movie. Yeah. I like when it's the ultimate, like it takes up half the movie. It doesn't build up to the decathlon. The decathlon no. forms out of the rest of the plot. Exactly. So for me, I really like Bring It On. I like Miss Congeniality. I like Pitch Perfect for that. Yeah. I love Warrior yeah. for that. Yes, yes. Um, Bloodsport. Yeah. Most of Bloodsport is I the cannot, competition. I cannot wait to do Bloodsport. Yeah. So uh, all those are really yeah. in my top tier. I will be able to when we do one of those competition movies, which yeah. I'm sure we'll do all of them at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will make sure to have a full list for you. Yeah, um, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, a good teaser, I would say. Yeah, I think so. And Billy Madison, I love this movie. I would not consider it a competition movie. I wrote that before we even watched the movie. Yeah. Yep. Um. Very good. Yep. Okay. So go ahead. Back to your uh, segment on what you were going to talk about. Yeah. So Tamara Davis is. I was surprised when I found out that a woman was the director of Billy Madison. Did you know that going into it? Uh, Somewhere in the recesses of my brain, but I had forgotten. Yeah. And then I had to kind of check myself because the 90s had way more female directors than we as a society think. Yeah. I think that like nowadays we still are like, oh, there's no female directors. Oh, when when will women get a chance? And it reminds me of – a viral video that went viral a couple days ago where there was, I think it's the Hollywood Reporter. Every year they do a roundtable with the 
people who are going to be maybe nominated for best actress or best actor or whatever. Yep. And for the best actress one for last year, I'm assuming it wasn't it was. last year. It, it was it? Uh, I assumed it was because it was uh, Kirsten Dunst. I was like, oh. No, I think it was a set. J-Lo was in it. Oh, so maybe. Okay. I think it was the Hustlers year. Okay. So whatever year it was. Um, I'll double check that. Go ahead. A couple people were saying in that round table, oh, you know, lamenting the fact that women need to be directing more films. And while that is absolutely true, um, Kirsten Dunst had a good point and she was like, I'm in a ton of female directed movies. And she talks about the fact that she doesn't have trouble seeking them out because she has seeked them out for so long. And it's true. She was in so many like Sofia Coppola movies and she, uh, Jane Campion for power of the dog, which if this came out earlier, she's really practicing what she preaches. Yeah. Um, and that made me think like, you know what? She's right. They are here. And we have made a big effort to see a lot of female directed movies. Um, if I'm thinking about the 90s, that's really when women directors became more mainstream and we have sell more of it. In fact, some of my favorite movies of the 90s have female directors. You have Amy Heckerling with Clueless, one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time. Maybe it's my favorite movie of, of all time. Of course, one that we'll, that we'll cover. Of course. Nora Ephron with Sleepless in Seattle, an amazing movie. Um, A League of Their Own with Penny Marshall. Mm-hmm. And Nancy Myers with The Parent Trap. Yeah. Um, you also have movies in the 90s by Sofia Coppola, Lynn Ramsey, Catherine Bigelow, Jane Campion, all really prestigious filmmakers. Lynn Ramsey's nuts, but she's great. Yeah. And I think that I think I found the movie that Kirsten Dunst was promoting, and it was The Beguiled. 2017. Oh, that's Sofia Coppola. Sofia Coppola. Yep. Yep. So of course. And she was also in 2017 in a movie called Woodshock, which was directed by Kate and Laura Mulvey. She said she does movies with her friends, like yeah. female friends. They, and, that was their and first movie. First movies. She yeah. said that. She said, you need to be in movies that women are making that it's their first movie. Her last her last three movies are all women directors. I love that. And her next one is Alex Garland. Well, <laughs> who's not he's a woman, cool but... <laughs> too. He's cool too. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of uh, think about and, and research how many movies we've seen that have come out. I, I think around 2009, 2010 until now, the past 10-ish yeah. years, between 10 and 15 years. And um, I found a lot of different directors that we've seen. Do you want to guess the number? Hmm. 12. 25. Wow. We saw movies, sometimes more than one by the each person. Um but wow. 25 different women directors that we have watched within the past couple years that have made movies within the last decade, decade and a half. Yeah, I guess I just thought right off the top of my head, I thought of like eight. So I guess that does make sense that there was a lot more that I didn't remember. Do you want to give me the ones you know and then I'll add a few others? And this is just like I want to do this so that people can – Understand that they're, that they're available. They're here. Yeah. It's, I am – one of my hills I'll die on is I'm against when people say they don't make – movies yeah. like they used to or they all there are, are sequels now and movies aren't as good as they used to be and it's all marvel and blah 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 yeah. i am so against that idea yeah because we are not watching art house films we're not people that go and say well this movie from 1978 in holland that blah, blah, like we watch Which, you know shout out those people and if you do that that's wonderful but 
we're it's not like we have to go to some movie that only plays in one theater in yeah. the world on a 7 a.m. on a Tuesday. Like yeah. we watch movies that all I do when We've, I when I put stuff together on what to watch is I look up things that are nominated for awards, things that are on like the best of lists online, and and we do that. We found every single one of these movies that we watch legally too. We yeah. didn't we didn't yeah, we found every single one that we've uh, supported through streaming services that we've bought, or that renting, we've rented. Yeah. Um, so I just want to have this little segment as a way to be like, well, if you are interested and if you're one of the, well, they don't do female-led films. Yes, they do. And here are some. Yeah. Go ahead and so give me- So we're talking like since 2010? Since tw- One is 2009 Ish. because I really Catherine liked Bigelow? it and I wanted to talk about it. No. Um, what was the 2009 one? Fish Tank. By Andrea Arnold. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah. Uh, so I've got like Chloe Zhao. Yep, Chloe Zhao, who uh, was best director. For Nomadland. For Nomadland. She uh, also did The Eternals. Uh, Deborah Granick from um, Winter's Bone, right? Yes, who did she also do Leave, did no Trace, Leave No Trace. Which I love Leave No Trace. That's an amazing movie um, starring Thomas and McKenzie and, and Ben McKenzie. No, no, Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Ah, <laughs> Ben Foster. Uh, there is, well, now I just blanked again. Um, I know. Just think of the big ones. Who are the big? Well, there's Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Ramsey. Who did you were never really here. And she also did. And, um, we, we need to, to talk, talk about, about Kevin. Kevin. Yep. Um, Olivia Wilde. Who we did know Book from Smart. Booksmart. Although right now she's getting just absolutely massacred on Twitter I know. That's every day. Why, that's why I thought of her. And she's coming out with um, "Don't Worry, Darling," starring our fave Florence Pugh. Yep. Um, coming out soon. Um, Jane Campion, "Power of the Dog." She did "Power of the Dog." She did "The Piano" in, in the nineties. Yeah. Yep. Go, go ahead and start. So I've got Mariel Heller. Yes. So she did Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood as well as Can You Ever Forgive Me? Two really, really, really good movies for yeah. the past couple years. Unique movies. Um, Lulu Wang yeah. did one of my the favorites, The Farewell. Regina King, who we one know night, as an actress, but she did One Night in Miami. Loreen Scafaria, who did Hustlers. Oh, yeah, right. Chloe Zhao, we mentioned. Celine Sciamma. Who did Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is a French film that's really, really well done. Um, we also watched Frozen, and Jennifer oh, Lee yeah. is a co-director. Okay. Yeah. Um, you said Olivia Wilde. Ava DuVernay. Yep. Who, um, 13th. 13th and Selma. And uh, When They See Us, which we didn't watch yet. Yep, but that's not a movie. That's yeah, TV. it's a miniseries. Nicole Holof Center, who did Enough, Enough Said. Said. Um, you mentioned Jane Campion. Emerald Fennell, who did Promising Young Woman. Mm, yep. She well, won for uh, screenplay. Yep. For that. D. Rees, who did Mudbound. Mudbound. That's a great movie. That is a really good movie. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Lynn Ramsey. Uh, Catherine Bigelow. Zero Dark Thirty. I did say her. The Hurt Locker. You did. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't the 2009 one. Oh, oh that's why you said no. Like you said, Deborah Granick, who is a wonderful director. Yeah. Alma Harrell, who did Honey uh, Boy. Honey Boy. Andrea Arnold, who did Fish Tank, which is a Michael Fassbender yeah. movie that's very gritty and dark. Strange. Strange. But really, I, I think about that movie sometimes. Yeah. Um, Kelly Freeman Craig, who did Edge of 17. Okay. I love Edge of 17. It's so good. Um, I'm like low-key a Haley Steinfeld stand. I love Haley Steinfeld. And, and it had a great um, Woody Harrelson role. Yeah. Patty Jenkins, who did Wonder yeah. Woman. Yep, yep. And uh, Monster. That's, that's she er, did that's do earlier, Monster but... in the 2000s, yeah. yes, uh, which I did not like that much, but yeah. that's okay. 
Emma Seligman, who did Shiva Baby, mm-hmm. that or Shiva, Shiva Baby, sorry, which we watched recently that I really liked. Yeah. That is very uncut gems in that it's like a 90 minute it's awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> awkward, but it's very, 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 very good. And it's very funny. Adama Ibo, who um, wrote and directed Honk for, Honk Jesus. for Jesus Save Your Soul, which came out today on September oh, yeah. 2nd um, on Amazon Prime. We saw it for um, Sundance. Sundance. Back in like February or March. And same, sticking with that theme, Phyllis Nagy, who did Call, Call Jane. Jane. Mm-hmm. And uh, Janitza Bravo, who did Zola. Yeah, okay. And uh, she, I just saw in an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star <laughs> 7, and she directed them in a, a scene, and it was really fascinating to watch. I actually, Tom, I think you should watch just that scene of her directing them. It was yeah, really we'll interesting to see her work. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to shout out that that all of those movies are directed by women. Did I say Greta Gerwig? Did I miss no, Greta, Greta Gerwig? Like the biggest <laughs> woman director like right now. Currently, yeah. Who um did Little Women and Lady Bird. About to do Barbie. And she's about to do Barbie. Yes. Um and these are I have it written down here. There's also a couple movies that Tom has seen because Tom watches the the Marvel stuff and the DC stuff more than me. Um Kathy Yan did Birds of Prey. And Birds of Prey was actually pretty good. Um, there you go. And uh, what's the other one? Black Widow. Black Widow also was directed by a woman. I don't remember her name. Um, Sorry. I know. Something else, too, that I was thinking of. Oh, we didn't watch this, but The Duke was also directed by a woman. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, so that's another thing I want to say, too, is um, a lot of times people are maybe a little uh, reticent to – watch movies that are directed by women because they think it's going to be a certain way. God forbid we have female-centric movies, but um you really span all genres. What about um what about J- uh, Jennifer's Body also 2009? Right? There you go. Yeah, yeah, which was Karen Kazama. Was that did she write it or did was she the director? I don't know. Diablo Cody wrote it. So she so must I think be Karen the director. Kazama who is now working on Yellow Jackets. Perfect. Yeah. Love that. And Diablo Cody did you know from a few years earlier. Yeah. So these movies are out there. They're out there. A you lot know of a them lot of them are popular. Yeah. Um, some of them, yes, you might have to seek out a little bit. Like you may not have heard of Leave No Trace. Leave No Trace is worth seeking out. But it is absolutely worth seeking out. And if you looked at like Rotten Tomatoes, it's one of the highest rated movies of all time. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Marvel and DC kind of pick people from these like lower indie movies lately. Because uh, you've got, uh, I almost said Lulu Zhang. Chloe, Chloe Zhao. Uh, who did Nomadland. They picked her for Eternals. They did uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, who um, directed another very indie movie from 2013 called Short Term 12. And that had like Brie Larson. The cast is amazing. He also did. He um, did. Well, they picked him for uh, Shang-Chi. He directed Shang-Chi. And now he's directing, I think, the ne- maybe the next Avengers. He's, di- he's directing another big movie that's coming. That's another Marvel movie. He also did Just Mercy. He also did Just Mercy. So he's he, he was a director who had like no prior experience in that type of movie. But... You know, his previous work is so good that – and, you know, same with, you know, Chloe Zhao. She's got a, a bunch of movies that people really liked culminating in Nomadland, which she won Best Director for and it won Best Picture. So these – you know, a lot of times the, the people that you see in Marvel movies directing Marvel, DC, these big budget blockbuster movies come from, you know, the short-term 12s of the world and from the, you know, Leave No Trace – and you know you were never really here. Well, that's and another thing. Like the movies you, that you can't that, that aren't right in your face. You know, if you like Joker, then you should watch. You were never really yeah. here. Um, there's lots of movies that are 
um, just barely under that big profile yeah. uh, one that you're going to see tons of commercials for. Yeah. So I would suggest if you don't already do so, which if you are listening, maybe you do these and you're like, yeah, I saw all these. Yes. And you also forgot A, B, C, D, E, yeah. which we probably didn't sure, forget, just sure. haven't seen. Yeah. Um, and so I would really, really suggest that you take a moment to um, maybe seek out some some female directed movies because I feel like a lot of times there's a really special touch added that um, a woman director there's just something about a character it's a different perspective characterization that I love it's a different perspective One which of, I'm all about different something different exactly um, I don't need to see the same movie over and over again a hundred that being said I've seen Billy Madison about 55 times a woman directed <laughs> yes. film Yes. Love that. You can start with Billy Madison. Start with Billy Madison and work your way up from there. And then maybe you'll end up at Zola or Hustlers or something. Yeah. Or and then the you can keep going or... further than that. Yeah. Why not? You'll go into foreign film and yeah. we're, we're just going to yeah. keep it going. Absolutely. Awesome. There's my um, my my soapbox moment. Yes. But I just wanted to throw that out there because there's so many movies that are so great that I want to talk about with yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want my um, You Were Never Really Here episode to get two, <laughs> two listens, you know? Yeah, and it'll be me and you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, like, Leave No Trace, if you, if you watch Leave No Trace and you think it sucks, tell me. I want to talk about it. You won't think it sucks. You won't, but... But, yeah, yeah. It's, it's legit one of my favorite, like, one of my favorite movies. It's so good. Um, Yeah, so... Does Billy Madison go on Baby's first watch list? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> he already saw it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, whenever he wants. There's only one F word in it, and Is it's there? right at the beginning. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I think there's another one. I think I, I, think I caught there's a couple. two? I think I caught a couple. Eh, that's still okay. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a little... Risque. Uh, yeah, but who cares? Yeah. Yeah, throw it in. Yeah, I watched it when I was like nine. It's fine. It's fun. <laughs> All right. What are we doing next week, Tom? Next week... Uh, is a movie that requires no introduction. Oh, it's Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> it is 2001's Shrek. Now, I wanted to do... Number one, I wanted to do an animated film again because we haven't done one in a while. Yeah. Um, We didn't want to do another Disney one right away. Yeah. And um, also, because this is our kind of back-to-school time, so I wanted to do a movie that reminded me of school. Yeah. And I'll this talk played all in every of, single school growing up, and I'll I'm sure talk, it still probably does. All, it does. I'll talk all about how um, Shrek is kind of intertwined with with my uh, elementary school remembering and memories. Yeah, I mean, it's got Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow. What else could you want? What else do you want, people? I mean, yeah. So, you know, shine your shoes, wipe your face, come with us to Duloc next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Play uh, some Smash Mouth. Yeah. But maybe, like, on YouTube because they're they're... Doing some crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> continue to follow us on Instagram at Baby's First Watch List, on Twitter at Baby's Watch List. Rate us five stars. We got actually a decent amount of uh, five star reviews on uh, Spotify. So yeah, like double digits. Yeah, keep it's that, awesome. Keep that rolling. Make, get us a triple digits. And again, we're gonna. I th- we <laughs> yeah. should do this. We should do this. This should be our thing at the end of the episode. Babysitters Club hashtag Tell a friend. Hashtag Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Heart. Tell one friend. Tell Tell five friends. No, no. Just start with one, and then if they like it, then. Every week, tell one friend. Tell one friend or our baby's going to cry. Yeah. And please, please, we don't need any more of that. (laughs) Okay. So uh, next week is Shrek. 
Uh, we will catch you on the other side of uh, fairy tale land, I guess. <laughs> yeah, gotta get a better sign off than that. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm like, I should have saved the uh, du- I should have like, saved the Duloc line for last. It's this. It's not the gumdrop. 